location north of the wall with the wildlings and the mm. others and ice the spiders as big as hounds fucking a and then eventually sam calls up to him john, oh, john. are you well <laughs> Ew, hey everybody and welcome to another episode of brotherhood without man it's your favorite full spoiler reread podcast of george rr R. martin's a song of ice and fire series reading a clash of kings and almost done with it as always i am your host Zach, and sitting here next to me, my brother, Nate. Coming in like a fucking jerk. We're not close to being. I mean, we're, we're more than halfway through at this point. A little bit more. Barely halfway. So? It's not almost done. I am an optimist. Oh. So fuck yourself. Well, I guess. If you haven't listened before, I'm going to cut Nate off because he's just rumbling and mambling and rambling. We are full spoiler. And so if you... Don't want anything spoiled. If you haven't read the series before, don't listen to this podcast. Or do, but after you've read them. Sure. And if you've been here before, you know how it goes. I don't know why you came back, but thanks for coming back. Last episode, we were reading Catelyn 4. Yeah. Renly died. Yes, he did. He got stabbed yep. by Shadow Stannis. <laughs> Shadow Stannis. Question mark. No, I got nothing. Shadow Stannis. Yeah, Shadow (laughs) Stannis. And, yeah, I mean, that was pretty much the long and short of it. Kat was in Renly's camp to try to make peace between the two brothers and offer an alliance from Rob. That wasn't happening. The two brothers wanted to go to war and wanted to fight. and She prayed. It went cool. Then, then Renly died. stabbed and Brienne and Cat fled. And they got Yee. the fuck out of Dodge. Fly, fools. This episode, we're going to be reading John 4. Johnny boy. And John, uh, last we left John in John 3, John has been north of the wall, trekking up. They made it to under, Craster's Keep. To Craster's Keep and uh, through some abandoned wildling villages and essentially Mance is yeah. gathering forces in the Frostfangs. And and Craster is sacrificing babies to the others. It's a cool thing to do. It's wild. It's fucking it's wild. It's wildlings. It's wildlings. This chapter, however. The Brothers of the Night's Watch have pushed onward from Craster. Yes, and they have finally arrived at what is known by the children of the forest as... A good fisting. The fist of the first man. Oh, the fist of the first man. Yes. Yeah. And uh, John thought it did look like a fist. (laughs) Very astute, John. (laughs) It was a hill that did jut up from the dense surrounding forest. So, yeah, he can see how uh, the the, the stones on top look like knuckles. And he had rode to the top with Mormont and the other officers when they first got there, leaving Ghost below under the trees as he had run off three times. Three separate times. And on the third time, Mormont wasn't fucking waiting for Ghost to call him back and said he'll catch Waiting up. Waiting for John to call Ghost back. Yeah. And so Mormont declares it good ground. They'll have the they'll, they'll have vantage points they yeah, can yeah. see and they'll make camp here until Halfhand gets here. And this that gives John a chance to to inspect the ring wall as they start kind of referring to it. And he sees these patches of the white lichen and the beards of green moss on the stones. I, just, I was very off-put immediately by how quickly they were getting... I, I know there's a term. I know there's a fucking term. But where they start humanizing, giving human traits to inanimate objects. Personification? That's the word. Um, I guess that makes sense. It, uh... Yeah, I, like, it... And it comes from the point of view where, like, John is kind of astounded. Like, this was an actual keep at one point from the first yeah. men. Like, that's crazy in the Dawn Age, way back when. 
So it's that sort of historical monument. Yeah, yeah it's monument. Like visiting an yeah, old yeah, castle exactly. or something in our time. But there is some sort of odd, almost not magic, but otherworldly feeling to it here at the Fist. Yeah, Thorin Smallwood even says that it's old and strong. And uh, Mormon's Raven kind of copies that old, old, old. And speaking of Mormont, John notices how much prickly he is about because he he fl- shut the fuck up. Raven. How much of a toll this trek has taken on him? He's trying to keep up with these young bucks, and it's definitely wearing him thin a little bit. They had crossed a brook at the foot of the hill, and as they're kind of talking about it, John Mormont and these officers. They're talking about how, yeah, it's going to be a long track to get water, but the security here is really... Worth it. Yeah, it's it's unfounded. Um, the Knights of the Night's Watch begin setting up their camp. Old Bear ordering every opening ditched and staked before dark, so he ain't taking no chances and yeah. making sure it's secure. And then a bunch of the other the uh, foragers start cutting down some trees, clearing out some woods so that they've got the digging stuff. Digging up them holes, digging. Yeah, they do dr- dig some latrines and set up their tents and all that good shit. John had to put up the Lord Commander's tent and see their horses. But once he does, he descends the hill in search of Ghosty Boy. And it says Ghost came at once, all in silence. Just John was walking. And then he's there. Next thing you know, his ghost is there. Like, what up? And uh, that's significant for... Later, when John meets with Ghost again. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, when they reach, or right now, I lied. When they reach the ring fort, as they turn back up, Ghost balked. He sniffed warily nah. at the gap in the stones and then retreated as if he smelled something he didn't like. So this is where John and I disagree. I'd be going home with my dog. Like, Yeah, I would have went with if, if Barrick was, like, sniffing at my room door and all of a sudden started, like, backing up, like, he smelled something. I'm not going in that fucking room. No, sir. Uh, hell no, I'm going to trust this dog way yeah, more. Yeah, he even tries forcing ghosts. Yeah, through, dude, grabbing he him grabs and, like, him by the scruff and tries to, like, physically. Which, that I do get because sometimes No, Barrett yeah, it's not, it's not like abuse of... or anything. I'm not thinking of it like that. It's no, no, just, no, yeah. I trying. trust the dog, like, uh, every dog I've owned, I trust their instincts far better than my yeah. own. John th- thinks it was not like him to be so unsettled. What's wrong with you? Why are you not listening to the goodest boy? Why? Why? In the end, he had to give it up, and the red eyes watched him as he made his way back through the mossy stones. So what's up? Is Ghost already just knows the dragon glass is there and wants to bring him? But why or... would that be so urgent? Why wouldn't he cross these so stones? He's, is there some kind of, is there like, a, a magic magical here? Bear- that's being breached or something, and if you cross, you, I don't know, lose the fucking protection. Or I, don't, I don't know, because, yeah, it's what would make ghosts not want to go in there? Is it, I don't know, like, we know that the the first, the fist of the first man gets overrun by the others, they get attacked, right. and so is it that? Is it if you're here, you're marked or yeah, something? And John, kind of trying to convince himself, thinks that they should be safe here. There's commanding views, they've got slopes to defend them, and the forest, but as the dark settles in... Well, because, yeah, he even, he's, you know, looking past everything, he's noticing the mountains way in the distance where they're, you know... Well, before he does his fucking hero, stoic... Hero pose. He starts thinking, because it's, as it's getting darker, he's starting to get a little more creeped out, and he thinks that this is the haunted forest. Maybe the spirits of the first men still linger around, and I just really liked that after... We get old Nan yeah. saying that the morning mist is the morning spirits. The yeah, morning from ghosts. the Catlin chapter before. And then, yep. yeah, he looks over to the setting sun and fucking does a Captain Morgan pose and 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until he starts scaring the shit out of himself because he starts realizing those east. those are some those are some big woods. Yeah, south and east was a, one of the largest forests John had ever seen, as far as he could see. A thousand shades of green with patches of red where the werewoods had shouldered their way through. The wind blew and a thousand leaves fluttered, and for a moment the forest seemed a deep green sea, stormed toss and heaving, eternal and unknowable. So, unknowable. Unknowable is a word that appears. Is a word, yes it is. Don't cut me off, you son of a bitch is a word that appears in Catelyn, the chapter just before this one, when she's referring to the stranger, which is odd. Well, I mean, and that's not even Catelyn's reference. That's what was told to her by the Septon. Well, no, not that one. That was her just describing what she saw right there during that part. Was it? Yeah. And uh, because I noted that, that specific section. Hmm. But... Um, it's funny because she almost immediately after she noted that stranger part talked about how she saw John in the yeah. face of the warrior, but unknowable was a word that was used to describe the stranger, one of the other seven aspects of the God. And so it's weird that I was in that episode discussing how easily it was to fit Arya into these many different faces of the, the seven, seven. but then John just kind of slides his way into into there. Yeah, and uh, just checking yourself out, he thinks that under that green sea he sees could be anything creeping toward them in the dark. And he stands there just a long time, just tripping himself all out. Yeah. And God, yeah, that's such a creepy... Especially that size of a forest. Especially... The largest he's ever seen. That location, north of the wall with the wildlings and the mm. others. And Ice the spiders as big as hounds. Fucking A. And then eventually, Sam calls up to him, John, oh, John. are you well? <laughs> and John jumps down as, like, fucking Peter Pan. Ha <laughs> I am well, Samuel. Are you? And Sam is actually faring pretty good. Yeah, he's doing all right, surprisingly, considering he's And John a... doesn't want to share his disquiet with him, not when Sam is at last beginning to find his courage. Yeah, so John escorts him because he, uh, he says that they should probably send off a raven to uh, yeah. let people know where they're at, what's happening. And they arrive at the ravens. And if you remember when he was out helping Eamon feed them, they, they learned his name, Snow. Snow! All the just stupid ravens. And uh, Sam, I believe, was also trying to teach them the name. Yeah. And so he re- he says, John thinks, they can feel it too. Feel what too? That that disquiet that ghost is is experiencing. Do you think it's an animal thing? It's not just a magical. Like they all feel the unrest here. All the animals yeah, and seems, creatures seems to be that, or it's John, because they fucking all pick up with the snow, snow. Like, yeah, I mean but, maybe he kind of puts it in there, but uh, yeah, I'm guessing that it's just there's a feel to the land. There's blood on the wind but, type thing. Yeah, but John decides that he needs to go help uh, Mormont with his dinner. And so he excuses himself from Sam and makes his way. Yeah, he finds Mormont with Thorin Smallwood and the other lords, and Mormont wants some wine. And so we learn here that Mormont is actually quite particular about the preparation of his wine. Dude, let me tell you what, though. Before we get into this, this is some wine I would drink. I'm not a wine drinker, but if you warm that shit up, you spice it, it with some cinnamon. Good. I think he had, like, some fucking apple. No lemon. 
lemons for the beer in the morning and he was getting all so essentially i'm going through exactly what we're going to go through anyway he this is how he basically oh, i wasn't going through step by step well, i was going to say I'm john gonna... knows the process yeah so he's a little confused that he refuses to have lemon in the wine but he has it every morning in his beer Yo, I'm the same way with a ton of stuff where it's you don't put it in certain things. And if he wants lemon for breakfast, then that's his breakfast thing. Like, there's hot sauces that I will only have on breakfast food because it's a breakfast fucking hot sauce. That's just how it goes. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's a humanizing aspect of Mormon of just, yeah, he likes his wine a particular way. And, and it sounds delicious. And John knows every fucking step yeah, of it. Yeah, so he brings in eight cups to the tent. Because of the men that are meeting. Yeah, in there. he overhears them uh, outside, as he's yeah, brewing it, and they're talking about the best route into the Frost Fangs of which way they should go and which way they're expected to go. And yeah, John enters and he sees that Old Bear is looking at the crude map that Sam Sam had drawn at Craster's, and he's nodding. He nods his approval at John's wine, which I thought was yeah. He tasted John it. John got it, it right because like, it's boiling. It mm-hmm. was, they're not quite boiling because if it boils, it's bad. Yeah, you fucked it up. But Mormont says that he doesn't even he doesn't intend to enter the Frost Fangs at all. It's unless it's needed. They will emerge eventually. Mance is gathering a host, not to just fucking sit there. We are well placed here, and they cannot hope to slip past us. Yeah. If it comes to battle, because some of the lords start talking, you know, what if they fight? Yeah. We well, can't take on a whole army. Because Sir Malador says, you know, well, that maybe that's what they want is for us to just sit there so that they can come and overthrow us. Because they've got thousands. With Corrin getting here, we have three hundred, and they're they're worried about that shit. If it comes to battle, we could not hope for better ground. We'll strengthen defenses. A ring of the sharpest watchers. To warn of approach, we'll bring up more water than we need and b- build cisterns if necessary. Uh, it'll actually help keep up, give the men something to do. Rangers will limit their ranging to this side of the river until the half-hand arrives. I will not lose any more men. And there's some grumbling at that. I'm like, we'll be blind. But Shut the fuck up, and then they're excused. But yeah, Mormont's like, blind? We know they're in the frost fangs. What the fuck else is there to see? And so, yeah, the officers finish up their wine. The rest of them leave a little more courteously. And uh, before Marmont and John start digressing, we will uh, just convene our small council quick and give you guys the dates. We'll be right back. Here it is, the small council meeting. Small counseling. Obviously, it's the listener's favorite part of the show. Just give our socials. We talk a little bit. Our YouTube has been absolutely on fire, and so we love you guys commenting and liking and subscribing over there. We appreciate it. You can leave us your inductees if we don't get them. YouTube is really weird with how it gives me the comments, and sometimes I get them like a day later. Sometimes I get them the same day. Sometimes it's like a week late. It's weird shit for some reason, so I'm working on it. If I miss your inductees there, my bad. I'll get there. Otherwise, we like to correspond through email and our email address is without manners brotherhood at gmail.com it's very easy to send us stuff we like to read it we will write back what else you got over there uh i'm on twitter at carstark 92 you're at twitter's at manners without manners and, without and manners without is also the instagram we also have our Patreon, patreon.com slash without manners. And you can get bonus episodes like the Ariane champ- sample chapter that was just released. That's up there now for Patreoners. 
And you also get access to the private Facebook group where we put stupid memes and talk shit about stuff that's not always necessarily Thrones related. So that's a lot of fun. We can, you can just join the regular Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash brotherhood podcast. And you can leave us rates and reviews and subscribes and all that on any kind of platform you're on, especially Apple Podcasts. What else? I think there's the Stitcher code. You can use the code Brotherhood on Stitcher for a month premium. It's sweet. You should do that. Anyway, we'll let you get back to the episode because I think that's about all we got. Yeah. Word. See you there. So Mormon asked John if he thinks that having the keeping the Rangers close is a bad idea. John's like, well, it's not my place to say. He's like, I asked you a fucking question. Your job is to answer my question. And so John says, if the Rangers are stay close, he doesn't see how they'll find his uncle. And Mormont's like, they can't. They won't. And then he goes on to elaborate a little bit further, saying, it's massive country up here uh, north of the wall. Like, fucking massive. The chances of stumbling upon him are so unlikely. Like, you would give up the search, John says, and Old Bear just looks at him and says, Maester Eamon says you're clever. And John then, I like the thought, the answer was there. Yeah. Like, he just, he knew it was there, and he's like, oh, it's probably easier for one guy to find 400 than for, you know, 300 people to go looking for one person yeah. across this expanse. And then Le- Mormont breaks it down. He says, yeah, this many men and horses will leave a trail that even Maester Eamon could follow. Our fires ought to be visible as far off as the foothills of the Frostfangs. If Benjamin Stark is alive and free, he will come, I have no doubt. And John's like, well, what if he's, what if he, and Mormont's like, dead? And again, it says, not unkindly. He'll still probably end up coming then anyway. And yeah. you need to be able to expect that yeah, shit, Yeah, can man. you handle that? Because that's a real possibility we got to fucking deal with, just like we do with Othor and Joffer Flowers. And Rick Grimes. And the Raven picks up the, even though, uh, uh yeah, the Raven <laughs> just picks up the call of dead. Dad. Dad. And Mormont's like, yeah, all right, I'm not really hungry. I'm going to go to sleep. Fuck off. Wake me at dawn. Get yeah. out. And John does, but John is hungry. So. Yeah, he kind of walks out, hears some laughing and joking, and sees the fire cooking and smells the food, and he's like, yep, I'm going to fucking eat, though. You might not. And as I'm he gonna. comes up and gets a bowl of stew, Dywin is talking to Gren. Dywin, with his wooden teeth, is saying that he knows this wood as well as any man alive. And he wouldn't care to ride through the haunted forest alone tonight. And Gren asks what it is he smells. Can you smell it? Can, Can you, you smell it? Can you hear the empty spaces? So, uh, again, just my fun thing, because I love them both in their connection. John has Dywin, who smells, and Arya has Weiss, who smells out, sniffs out Yeah, yeah different yeah. things. But it's like Dywin we like. Dywin's yeah, yeah. like this respected ranger. Weiss is this rat-faced fuck. But Di- uh, Gren asks Dywin what it is he smells. The cold. And it seems to me it smells like, well, cold. I'm like, oh, all right. I, I, I'm one of the people that can be like, yeah, water has a taste and cold has a smell. Well, yeah, no, no, I get the I'm cold that, smell. That oh. And Hake speaks up. There is no smell to cold, and John thinks there is. And he remembers the Lord Commander's chambers that night. It smells like death, he thinks. 
And he and, loses his yeah, appetite. I'm He's done. done. He gives Gren the rest of his fucking stew, and he he storms off. I don't want my dinner anymore. I'm pissed. Well, Go I mean, to my I room. I see it as angsty. It I, was, I uh, know. It's not angsty. It's just fun to think of everything he does as angsty. But he goes and uh, reheats the wine, what's left of it. Genius. And begins uh, looking around, sees the torches lining the ring wall and the sentries that are out. The night was motionless, but a, uh, moonless, but a thousand stars shone overhead. More star talk. More star talk. And then, out of nowhere, as he's waiting for the kettle to reheat the final dredges of the wine, he hears howling. And then, directly across the fire from him, he sees. Sup, dog. Ghosty eyes. Hey, buddy boy. Ghost is fucking grilling him. John's surprised to see him, and he's like, oh, shit. And the wolf circled the fire, sniffing John and the wind, never still. Now he's inside the ring wall now, right? Yeah. And, and yeah, that's when John is like, oh, like, you you decided to come in, huh? Like, holy shit. And then John kind of gets the memory that hits him that when the dead came. Oh, uh, there was something uh, I wanted to mention as well with the wolves that were howling. Because when, I don't know why I missed over it, when Mormon asked for them him to go warm up the wine, he says it's a chilly night. And then when the wolves start howling, John says that their voices rose and fell, a chilly song. And they keep, I don't know why he kept using the chilly word to really kind of hammer in, like, we, we know it's fucking cold up here, but is that saying it's even colder? Chillier? chillier I want chilly. But, yeah, he sees John uh, kind of riling up there, and you were saying about the... Yeah, uh, John thinks that when the dead came to the Lord Commander's chambers, Ghost knew. He woke me, he warned me, and so he jumps up, and he's like, fuck, what's going on, Ghost? And Ghost just trots off a little bit. Is little bit, Timmy in the well again? And then turns and looks at him like, come on, bitch, you know how this goes. And he begins leading him, and they sneak out through the ring wall. John ends up grabbing a torch and a spike trap. They sneak past a guard, and Ghost begins racing down the hill. John's moving a little more cautiously so he doesn't break his fucking neck. And he quickly finds himself surrounded by trees, struggling to find Ghost, and ends up, like, chasing him fucking, like, halfway around this hill. Yeah, man. And he finds him at the stream, and Ghost, to me... And Ghost lifts his head, his red eyes glowing, water dripping like slaver from his jaws. There was something fierce and terrible about him in that instant. And then he bounded off. Yeah, so as he was entering those woods, because I really want to get into that. Yeah. Before we do, I wanted to make a quick side uh, thing. The As he entered the woods, he got to the edge, and it said that they were warriors armored in bark and leaf. Isn't that kind of what the Children of the Forest's actual armor is made out of? Is just bark and leaf. Supposedly. And so I just thought it was really interesting that for all we know, there could be children just chilling right there watching this all go down. Why is Ghost scary? Why is he more fierce and savage than he's ever looked before? Why am I afraid for John in that moment? Yeah, it's weird. Where Ghost just looks up at him and it's just this fucking... Like, because I picture it as that scary moment, like, in Harry Potter when Voldemort's drinking the blood from the unicorn. And then just that savage look of, like, this thing's gonna fucking kill me right now. Yeah. It It was weird. Yeah, I mean, this is, like, what I would expect John to find if he didn't find direwolf pups in the haunted woods. Like... If the Starks didn't have their wolves, this is what I would expect John to stumble on. Do in you the think somebody forest. else is warging into Ghost? 
somebody else. Like, cause I was thinking Bran at first, but like it wouldn't be Such Savage, like Raven, anybody else. I mean, what if it's? Uh, I mean, I, I guess not. Uh, what seven feather fingers there? Uh, seven Faramir? skins. Yeah, Faramir six skins. Six skins. No, because he covets ghosts. Right. And so maybe somebody else though. Yeah. I mean, it could be Blood, Blood Raven, Raven to just... be like, "Hey, find this." Because that's very. All this is pretty out of character. Yeah, yeah. Ghost. It's very and sketchy. So maybe for it's ghosts. maybe he's not in control of his faculties right now. Yeah, and it it all just seems to lead John to a choice because John realizes he can either follow or continue up the hill alone, and he's done a good job of creeping himself out. So yeah. he decides to follow. He's also been kind of thinking of what Diwin had said as well, and he follows angry. Uh, just fucking stomping after Ghost, and he chases him only to lose him again. It yeah. seems like Ghost is just like running him in circles, in his tail. Yeah, and then he hears a scrabbling sound, and behind a fallen tree, Ghost is digging furiously. And John at first thinks it's a grave, seeing a soft mound of dirt, and then he digs through and realizes that it was recently dug. It's fresh, and he feels cloth, and finds. The bundle, the bundle of dragon glass knives and daggers and all sorts of shit in there. It was feather light, and he wonders if this is a cache of the children of the forest. Did I super skip ahead on you? No, uh, you just, you're good. No, you're good. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he uh, thinks wonders if it's a cache of the children of the forest. And beneath the dragon glass, there was an old war horn made from an oryx horn and branded in bronze. And some more arrowheads are inside that. So I think he's really dumb here because he, when he first gets there, he says, this is a soft mountain. This was recently done. Yeah. But now he's saying, oh, well, this this could be a weapons cache stored here for the last thousand years by children of the forest. Well, well no, because <laughs> you just said that it was recently yeah, done and yeah. placed here. Well, like, I mean, it's a... Well, so he allowed himself to immediately forget that little fact that it was just recently dug and placed here. Yeah. And so I just think that was... A, well, a I think thing. it's the, the, the heat of the moment. Like, he's pulling it out, and it's this fucking crazy horn and a bunch of dragon glass that's just... Because he, I mean, the last item, the cloth yeah. that he feels, the bundle is wrapped in is good wool, thick, not rotted. Not long in the ground, and black, he realizes, and as he unfolds it, he realizes that it was a black cloak of a brother of the Night's Watch. And so, yeah, I think with that realization there at the end, it's also going to be like, oh yeah, this was placed here recently, most likely. But, that is the end of John. It's a pretty straightforward one at the Fist of the First Men until this last moment here. And so, one, the big question, is that the Horn of Jormund? I don't, I don't think so. You don't? I I want it to be. Do you think Mance has? I think Mance might have it, yeah. Excellent. But I don't know. And uh, Ben Stark placed this here? Uh, yeah, right. before he died, I would yeah. believe, yes. I, or that, or, or... after he died. Yeah, yeah, He's placing it there yeah. as... Yeah, but yeah I, I think um, that's Ben's cloak there. I think Ben was there in the woods. Like, that's yeah, why yeah, Ghost is so yeah. fucking panicky. You think... Benjamin warged him? Maybe. Benjen and maybe that's why he's bones. so, like, fucking... Get, well, not... We gotta stop saying Benjamin because Cold Hands isn't Benjamin. I'm not saying Cold Hands. I I'm did, saying, yeah, Benjen. I'm saying Benjamin. yeah. Maybe. I don't... Yeah, no, uh, Cold Hands, to me, isn't a brother of the Night's Watch. He's right, something right. completely yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. This was Benjamin's cloak, good. yeah. And I could see Benjamin either peeking behind a tree and watching John do this, see, or... See, no, I, I missed... Straight up. Because I was referring... 
to it, meaning cold hands, but not at all. But I'm meaning Benjin. I see. I think Benjin. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm not going off show bullshit. I no, yeah, I, I think just... Benjin's dead. I do indeed. No, absolutely. Fully believe Benjin. I'm just to be wondering dead, if but... it wasn't like Benjin had uh, met the children of the forest and gotten the cash of Dragonglass. Yeah, yeah. And was on his way back with it. And That's. Got fucked I think and there was a meeting. Year. Yeah, he knew something. He was coming back with a cash, and that's why I think the horn is important. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. why was it stored there? Yeah, I suppose. And so, uh, yeah, I think Benjin is fully dead. I think absolutely. we could have even found his corpse either nearby or. Something maybe not his corpse because it might be walking around. Yeah, but, no, no, I don't think. That yeah, no, I think the, this had nothing like to do that. with cold hands. I don't think. No, yeah, yeah this yeah, was Benjamin. But with that said, you got an inductee for this John chapter short one. I had one and now I lost it. So you go first. Mine's going to Sam. Word. Sam's doing well, and he seems to be the only person on this fucking journey who's finding his courage, which is so fucking cool. Into in that map. In the building for boating that is, and and what's to come. I mean. I, when I first read it, detested Samuel Tarley's first chapter because of the amount of time sobbing appears in it. It just drove me fucking nuts. <laughs> but, like, what's coming for them in seeing Sam's mood? They're they're both slowly yeah. building to a head, and Sam is just going to immediately drop off. And so I'm really excited for that. So, yeah, Sam, because he's just he's living life right now, oh, and yeah. he's doing the best he can. Well, he can. I remembered mine. So I uh, I'm giving mine to Diewin. Because he's he knows something's happening, man. He knows there's some shit going down around him. He's not oblivious to it. And so he's sitting out there with his little wooden teeth chattering, eating his little stew, and trying to warn Gren, but that dumbass doesn't want to listen. So Valid. So Diwin. Diwin. Yeah. Now we also, of course, got a inductee from our favorite French fry Julian. Hello guys, here it is. The Fist of the First Men. Finally, I'm reading it and not watching it. So much better. Mm. And wow, the fact that Ghost is the key to finding Dragonglass makes me really happy. The other thing that I loved was how the forest is dense and infinite. How anything could move through it without anyone knowing. That's a scary thought. One could think about the wildlings for sure, but even more about the White Walkers. Damn. Inductee? Ghost. Ghost. Bye, guys. Valar Ghosteris. Do you think it was Ghost in there, Julian? Write us and let us know if you think it was Ghost in there for he was being his bones were getting jumped by some warger. Was he getting warged? Um, warged? Yeah, thank you for your inductee, as always. And uh, those were our thoughts, feelings, and opinions on Johnny Boy. Was it John 3? John 4. John 4 Next, of a class. though, we will be reading Bran 5. And, and after that is going to be Tyrion 8. Tyrion 8. Yeah, yeah. so Bran 5 is a fairly short one. But, you know, if we can get a little more out of it, we'll do what we can. But send in your inductees for that and Tyrion 8, and we will catch you on the next episode. Valor DeHarius. Peace. Peace.